wires. We know the wires. There's no excuse needed. The wires are here. My notes aren't ready, but... It's too far! Too loud! Too loud! How's that? Is that better? It's still too loud. No, it's still too loud. (laughs) Do you even make a change? I don't think... Is that better? Barely. Anyway, who cares how loud it... I'm doing it live! I'm doing it loud! Welcome to Everyone Racers, <laughs> a show designed for the world of low-dollar, amateur, endurance, we don't know what to call it, racing, and oddball car culture. It doesn't matter what kind of lemma champ or lucky track dog you run, SCCA, NASA, we won't discriminate, as long as you drive it hard and built it yourself. Join us each week for tech discussion, tips, tricks, news and notes in the world of low-dollar endurance racing, and whether it's on the spot hella sweet or we're lucky enough, and Chrissy gives us just a tip. We're sure you'll giggle a little and learn even less. Everyone report to the paddock. This is Chris. <laughs> this is Chrissy. Are you all right there, Chrissy? I'm Jeff. I'm, I'm fine. It's him. And I'm still mental. And welcome to the... Hold on a second. Now I've already screwed this up. Thanks for coming back and listening to a tense episode of our podcast. It's episode 127 hours. Is everybody on the show going to have both of their arms by the end? You're going to have to keep listening to find out. James but if Franco, got, we're talking yeah, to you. Exactly. But if you've got both your arms and you're not driving a car, be sure to bust out that E1R bingo card because Jeff Jeff made them more gooder. All right. Well, I like it was, the more gooder with, version. <laughs> okay. Let's kick this off as we always do with what you're working on, Chris. Baseboards. So many baseboards. <laughs> Our house hey, is in the You go. Yeah. Well, baseboards take a while. I mean, we're doing the entire first floor in baseboards, and you got to get them, you got to paint them, and you got to fit them, then you got to, which involves cutting them and then test fitting them and then going back to the garage and cutting them again because you didn't quite get it right the first time and repeat, repeat, repeat with all the different spots around the house and then actually nail them in and then fill the holes and cock the tops and retouch the paint. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Lots of baseboards. Traveled to Florida. Blah, blah, blah. Had a long weekend in Florida. It was nice. And now we're back. You went to Florida? Yeah. Yes. Went for a long did, weekend. Did, didn't even notice. Yep. Did you not Did you not see the Freudian discussion in the Slack chat? He didn't know it was Florida. No. No, it's true. There's. I didn't say where I... Well, maybe I did. You Florida, did. You did said, I say Florida said condo? It. You said found it in the condo, yeah. 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 Oh, well. That's anyway, okay. Not- we're, we're back. But it's a great time to play Guess the Rental. Okay, so you went down there not for work, but to visit with family. Mm-hmm. Did you go down there to do any work on the condo or just to stay? Just to stay. We drove and we, we flew into Orlando. We drove down to the Stewart, St. Lucie, Jensen Beach area from Orlando. Oh, I already got mine. Okay. okay. I. I want to say convertible, but Chrissy had a convertible last week, so I'm. I'm uh, you just, you <laughs> I had a convertible in in I Indianapolis can, where can, it was twenty. Yeah, I'll yeah. give it. I'll give a hint. Expectations were low, and it failed to meet them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, so that was Nissan product. Nissan product. <laughs> yeah. Nissan product. Yeah, I'm gonna say first. Uh, no, he wouldn't take a Versa. He would rather walk. Okay, you right. say that, but we didn't have a whole lot of options. Uh, like at all. I'm going Korean. I'm going 
Hyundai Excel. They don't make this anymore. Okay. You were you were you're closer. Yeah. No, you're both wrong. You were closer the first time. I'll tell you, you the Nissan choices product. that were left. And this is after we waited for 15 minutes for them to try to bring something better up, and they didn't bring anything better up. So our choices were Nissan Rogue, Jeep Compass, Ooh. Uh, Mitsubishi Outlander. No, Ooh. no. Nissan Altima. Of those choices, the Altima is the better one, and that's not I, a good choice. I, I think you took the Jeep. We took the Altima because we wanted to. <laughs> yeah, we were driving a fair amount on the highway. We were going to put over 300 miles on this. Wanted something that was all right. And Jeep compasses are notoriously tragic. No, we figured this terrible. is a brand new 2020 Altima. It's going to be bad. I'm not going to like it, but you know how bad can it be? It's a brand new one, right? I will keep my I, I tirade this... low. Oh, I, this is not how this conversation went. I have to say, this is not. <laughs> So Chrissy got the brunt. Of, Chrissy got the brunt of the tirade to spare yeah. our audience. I had two hours to listen to the tirade <laughs> because I was in the car for two hours. <laughs> did, did did like everything come up? Like he had to put on the directional signal to change lanes, and he was, well, that sounds yeah. stupid. Everything not quite. And then like click click, click click. Why is it clicking so fast? Click 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 click. Ah, oh. I will say, it got great gas mileage. Sure mm. did. And um, the interior is okay. Not great. Not tragic. Okay for a base model you know, family stand, right? Everything else, though. Appalling. CVT. Appalling. CVT. Nissan it's... should be ashamed to sell this car. <laughs> really. The, the powertrain calibration is so bad. You, your connection between your, your torque request on the pedal and what actually oh. comes out has an, almost no connection whatsoever. Like apply half a throttle torque request and almost nothing happens for at least five seconds sometimes. If you are jaunty and leaving the line with your foot down because it's a rental car and it's you know that's what you do, when you take your foot half off the gas, there's no change. Nothing changes until you fully remove your foot from the gas. It never is in the right of its fake gear ratios. It has so many, it's always <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is this the first time you spent any time in a CVT? No. My dad's 14 Accord, which, by the way, is superior in every way to a 2020 <laughs> Altima, except the infotainment system. That's it. The uh. steering was a mess. It was super, super light, like Rolls-Royce light at parking lot speeds. And then on the highway, it firmed up only right off center, but it would not track straight. It was almost, It was like you were constantly in a crosswind or constantly like passing a truck. Even when you are on a flat, level, smooth road, it would could that have been though, because it's a could that have been a because it's a Floridian rental and has been abused. It had a thousand miles on it. Okay, never mind. <laughs> right. All right. All right. So uh, uh, one more thing. Okay, go on. The the Come steering on. too. Once you started to turn it, like I got into a corner, I was trying to make a light. Got into the corner, it, the steering tightened, 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 and then all of a sudden loosened way up. So like a third of the way, a third of a turn in, all of a sudden the effort went from building, building, building to nothing. As That's you went like around the really corner. early electric power steering. Yeah, like 2010 Saturn. These, these do not sound like did, these steering. do not sound like that. Like that tragic does not sound like a design flaw. That sounds like abuse. And yeah. I know it had a thousand miles on it, but it does look like Florida it with a rental show, car company. It didn't show any sign of abuse. The tires weren't chewed up. No, like the it basically it looked. Off the showroom floor. 
It was it was, right, it was so that name. Let me put a call out. That's why Did I think you... it's not it's not there's nothing wrong with this car. It's just the Nissan Altima is that bad. Yeah. Let me put a call out to all of our listeners, all eighty seven of you, eighty four of you, eight point four of you. If any of you drive a Nissan Altima or like your wife has one or your mother has one or your cousin has one and you've spent any time in a Nissan Altima recent, right? Because it's got to be like a this, well, you know, this, this 17, is the brand 18, new, 19, right? This is, no, this is the brand new for 2020, 2020, oh. like the redesign. So this isn't even like, oh, and that was like five years ago. This mm. is their best effort currently. Wow. If any of you out there in listener land have spent any time in a Nissan Altima and can either refute or confirm. And we lost Jeff. Oh, what happened there? That was like know. a blackout. Or I don't something. know. He froze. But up. Uh, he he is right. Uh, if you guys have done this, because and I've 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 waxed poetically, not poetically. Um, about the horribleness of the Nissan Altima. I have written for Truth About Cars about the horribleness of the Nissan Altima. So I'm not refuting because, as my thing always says about that transmission, is there are Harry Styles fans, teenage Harry Styles fans, in the throes of hormonal imbalance that are more capable of making a decision than that transmission. Well, and they're also made out of glass. So well, We don't really I, care about that for a rental. No. No. no, I just it was it was especially when I actually drove the Accord later on. It was it was amazing how much better a six year old Accord is. This <laughs> is also yeah. like showroom floor new, so it has, it's it has twenty thousand miles on it, but that makes it a more apt you know, you know comparison. It's not a worn out one; it's pretty new. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's uh, anyway that's what you're working right on. over. Yep. Oh my god. Okay, Chrissy. So I was ton. Of, I had a ton of travel. I have uh, been on five planes in the last. Uh, yeah, in the last week. So that's always fun um, because that's the three planes I took to into and out of Indianapolis, and then I uh, then we went to Florida. So uh, and then today I was back in Delaware, beautiful Delaware, uh, digging more. So I was adding dirt to the same project that I was doing in Indianapolis, just in Danville. So, or excuse me, in Delaware, uh, 16 tons of dirt moved. Calluses you move, you know, said, you move 16 tons and what do you get? Jeff and mental queue up on the same obscure reference. Should be right. Sold to the company store. That's good. I like this. I should find more. This is thanks. Um, Tennessee Williams, everybody. I good. Uh, I didn't yeah. realize we Chris, have like. Chrissy needs more sound. work songs for when she's doing. This. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I hopefully won't have to do it soon. There was one guy that was doing it by himself, and I said I have to come help you because first of all, digging, moving dirt from one side of the parking lot to another is miserable by yourself. But at least if you have company, it's not so bad. And he's also had just had. Uh, hernia surgery, so he really shouldn't have been moving this dirt anyway. Mm. So, uh, so I, that's why I want to help. So hopefully, uh, I won't have to go back. That's what I'm hoping. So mm. here I am. Yay! Uh, Jeff, I'll go next because it's easy. You know what I did? Nothing. Not a sausage. Disagree. Zero work completed. Your Facebook tells you tells a different story. Uh, okay, so yeah, so I did a polar plunge and we piped it last week. So I just want to say thanks to those who gave and made me the second highest fundraiser at the polar plunge. 
only the student veterans organization beat me. Uh, and I want to say a special thanks to Corey Dickman out there because he made a last minute big donation and requested the costume that I wanted to wear. So uh, I, was I was sad. Like, yeah, I get to wear the Lucha Libre costume and it was fun and I had a good time. And I nearly got tripped by a dog in the surf. So that was cool. So now did your fundraising just not up to its standards of last year or oh, is no, everybody, I, else, everybody else stepped up their game? I crushed last year, but everybody else stepped up their game. Last year... Oddly, had, oddly specific for this week's topic, isn't it? Uh, last year, the event itself made $13,000 for the Military Heroes campaign. It made a little over 25000 this year. That's awesome! That is wow. really freaking good. And, and, and I, when I, I made my donation, uh, I saw quite a few names that uh, we recognize from our various efforts. So that that as as the military guy, I appreciate it. Thank you, listeners. Okay, Chris. I have an idea for a costume for next year. I'm ready. <laughs> Hospital gown with IV pole. Oh, that's good. <laughs> he said, I said underwear. He was like, no underwear. I said, he worked for our college. And then we no, said, I, I would have to wear some booty shorts. He said that's booty shorts. Great. Booty shorts, yes. Uh, thanks to my uh, 70 plus year old aunt from Chicago, a Gen 70 year old plus aunt from out of Chicago, who uh, gave money for booty shorts. She's the only one who voted booty shorts. So. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Hospital yeah. gown That's, next year. That's hospital gown's up. really good. I'd have to find an IV pole. I guess I could make one. Mental, yeah. get me out of this hole. What you doing? <laughs> had, a, had a very minor issue with the tire. Uh, uh, on my oh, way oh. to work, the, the pressure light comes on. It, everything turns red on the, the dashboard. I get to work. It looks fine. I'm like, all right, I'll just air it up before I, I leave to go home. And I go to do that, and the air hose on the on-base gas station is terrible, like won't hook up to the nozzle. And I'm like, crap, what am I – oh, that's right. So I push a button and open my trunk and pull out my delightful, well-engineered, and expensive wall burrow pump. Via hook close. Or whatever. It, it Really, really nice air pump. Air the thing up. Think nothing of it. I'm on my way home. It does the exact same thing again. So the uh, of the many abundant industries in Las Vegas, the corner tire shop is always quite in. What would certainly make both OSHA and Chrissy cringe is they all own about 17 of those big T-handle jacks. Not a jack stand among them. Not a yep. single jack stand. Like I, I was driving by one the other day. It was an F-150. There was a jack holding up the rear differential, and then there were two jacks holding up the front end, and that was it. The wheels oh, are off. No. All four wheels are off of it, no. and it was and it was on an uneven parking lot. <laughs> was somebody under it? No, no, no. Oh, of course uh, not. Good. I, I, I not like at that moment. That yeah. I keep hitting refresh on my E1R bingo card because I'm looking for the one that says mental tells a story that goes nowhere. And someone gets a flat tire. Uh, I, I have that next to each other. I got the flat tire one. As long as I got the flat tire. tire so, I pull in, so I pull into the local. So I pull into the local one, and I posted this on the EUNR Instagram because the guy just runs over, throws a jack under, can't find where the nail is. Turns out it was the bolt on the uh, air valve. He just tightens that up a little bit, and wasn't even going to charge me. So I gave him ten bucks and bought him a coke. Cool. Cool. I'm glad racing, that compressor worked. You're the first one that's used it. I bought it. 
and then stuck it in the trunk because the prior one sucked. So, yeah. Well, a little too well. So I'm like, I hook it up and it's just doing this little. So I go inside to get a Coke and I come back out and the car's already up and I, I pull the uh, compressor off of it and check the air pressures. It was like 50 PSI. I'm like, wow, that bump worked really well. I went and yeah. raced go-karts at a uh, qualifying and then two matches. The first race I finished DFL, got my nice. head handed to me, and then some. Was that third place, by the way? Yeah, I was going to no, say. It was, no, it <laughs> was not. Oh, so the sure. second, race, second race, I got a much stronger start. I had third? learned the course a lot better and was battling it out with the two guys that were uh, fighting out for second and third, and ultimately I finished second, fourth. Fourth. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> saw bad boys three if you're a fan of the genre go watch it it's awesome if you did not like the first one and uh chrissy bad boys was a movie with martin lawrence and will smith and then they made a never mind i heard of those people well, yes and on uh friday yeah and on friday i'm headed to mardi gras central to coach with extreme experience at nola how big awesome. is that straightaway 3200 because I know you love to talk about it. <laughs> they don't sponsor us anymore. Actually, yeah, but they're just, paying they're paying me to go down just, there. So. We just got bored of having sponsors. <laughs> News and notes time. I get to go first. Uh, I have watched two, count them, two NASCAR races. And I can tell you right now, the competition caution has destroyed this race. Oh, totally. Absolutely. It's garbage. Which leads me right into the coronavirus has officially destroyed a Formula One race. So Why? China GP in China was on the schedule and the <clears throat> government of China just asked, uh, can, can, can we do that later? Can you like take that off the schedule? So Formula One had to adjust the current schedule. And they are adding another race in Italy and a race to be named later may happen in China or it may not. Right now, they're just making sure not to um, drink Corona or something. I'm not sure. Go ahead, Mental. Italy is also in the grip of a grip of a Corona crisis. Exactly. The, Northern because, Italy, not the best place right, to go. They're to having, they're having roadblocks. My friends that are stationed over there, they're getting phone calls. They're being told not to go to work. The commissary is empty. They, it, it was like a snowstorm in the south. Everyone went in and stole, <laughs> got all the water, milk, and eggs. So, yeah, it is yeah. awful. I, I don't know where Mugello is, M-U-G-E-L-L-O, but that is where they're replacing the China GP. Cool. Yeah. You you guys may not. Well, Jeff probably remembers, but um, back in the Miami Vice era, there was uh, any number of companies making just god-awful abominations out of Porsches and Ferraris. And the king of these god-awful abominations was you Gimbala, the, just these single-color champagne leather and suede interiors and god-awful body kits. And you could see a new one every week on Miami Vice. The whole company, the tuning culture, all kind of went sideways, and Yu Gimbala was actually gunned down in South Africa at the time. Oh, I knew it was at, South Africa. I didn't know it got gunned down. Ugh. Yeah, he was murdered in South Africa at the time. Not His what? son, Philip Michael, was in high school. Well, Philip Michael has actually worked for – well, let me scroll this down here a little bit. 
He is yeah, worth four more cars face. with Ferrari strakes on the side. That, that, that's really what Gamvela was all about. It was all the yeah. strakes. If you had a strake on oh, yeah, your Camaro, te- the, the or your 911, or your Jetta, or your Jetta, yeah, or you know, yeah, your Fiero, laser, yeah. So, laser. but uh, Mark Phillip, his son, has worked for Aston Martin, Mercedes Benz, and Porsche, and he is now relaunching the Gimbala company, but. This time, they're looking to build their own car. Says the entire thing is actually fully funded. Sure. Again, they, can't do, they can't do the 800 horsepower thing anymore because minivans are coming with 400 horsepower these days. So he's trying to come up with a different twist. So he's got uh, a bunch of partners on board. He's got KW Automotive, Michelin, uh, Akarobovich Exhaust, which I know I mispronounced. Uh, carbon fiber, some engineering. There is some uh, genuine. So they are going to be building an original car and hopefully very quickly a luxury crossover. But uh, the first client orders have already been taken and it was a private viewing at the 2020 Geneva Motor Show next week is going to display the car. So you'll look see it out there. The link to that article on Haggerty is in our show notes. Believe it when I see it. Coming <laughs> racers. Oh man, that was kind of scary. So the uh, cr- <laughs> I'm trying to go with the Captain Caveman vibe. Did oh, it work? No, I don't oh. know who that is. Well, uh, you have, the- you'd have to know the, the reference <laughs> first. I already checked off. Chrissy doesn't know what movie is being referenced. <laughs> checked that one off early. Uh, the crew from Lemons is down in Indy Motorsports Ranch in Arizona. Jealous of them. And uh, thanks to host number five for the entry list. 46 cars. That's pretty low. Eight BMWs. Uh, they're boring still. Two Miatas. One Hondas. Uh, one and a half P cars. And a host of cool stuff. The Borgwad, Isabella Coop, the Borg Studebaker Ward. of... Borg, Ward, Ward, whatever. Uh, the Studebaker, Studebaker, Avante, a Privia, an AMC runabout, and a tiny, epic, tiny battle car with a Festiva and a Geometro. I have to say, hold one second. I looked up the list of names, and there are hilarious names and or, or team names. Uh, there is It's All About the Waste. There is the uh, Cackle and Call Cauldron Crew, The and then in parentheses, CCC See racing. They're the ones with <laughs> There is the Parcheesi Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Mark, spelled M A R Q U E. But they're in a nice. Porsche, so there does there is really. Oh, actually, they have two cars. Um, yeah, there's just some pretty funny uh, team names on here. What, what was that one? What Jones and Parcheesi Jones? Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Mark. Oh, actually, they're the ones in the Isabella, but they also have a that makes sense. VW Audi Porsche 926. Don't know what that is, but sounds exciting. That's the half um, Porsche. Here's another one. Oh, that's the half one. I got it. And there's another one that's called whatever, comma, race car. Um, <laughs> good, good list on here. So, uh, And also, GDO Man, the GDO Man is judging. So uh, bring him some um, moonshine and what other kind of good stuff you have. To and get. a lighter. Yeah. Well, he's 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 down an arm right now, which is why he's judging instead of racing because the nine finger drifters are there. Oh, one twenty seven down an arm. It's like a theme show. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking Chris, of themes, recent races. Nope. 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 Off season. Listener! 
feedback. We're almost done with winter. There'll be races coming soon, I think. Okay, so uh, our new car episode was well received, and bo- and resident booth babe Dar- Dr. Florida Man Donnie says, please be on the lookout for emails from your local dealers in the near future. It will contain valuable sale and service information, offers, and coupons. You know what else was well received? Our YouTube coverage from the Philly Auto Show. Eric K, David E, Tommy all had good comments on our links. Hey, we got to go for free, and there was nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I took so many videos, I didn't have any pictures. Chrissy was like, post more on the Instagram. I'm like, I, I, I don't have pictures. Well, we didn't have any uh, trunk photos, did we? Yeah. Oh, you're right. I didn't do the trunk thing. We trunk can still do that. Fun. Oh, Mike San Martino, I believe that is the <laughs> nephew of Tito San Martino. That's a joke. Uh, gave us a lovely Facebook review. He called us ridiculous and fun, sometimes informative. Love that. He's about right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The garage heroes in training are ahead of schedule. They said El Jefe is technically ready for pit race, but we'll move further. <laughs> and also their uh, quote E36 front wheel hubs bearings and brakes are done the rear required a bit more than we anticipated to remove which if you didn't see that video of poor Vicky trying to slam oh, the slide hammer uh, removing their bearings it's hilarious it's yeah, the better right way team. to remove wheel bearings is a press pull the whole thing off <laughs> put it in a press yeah, yeah. It, try. it works great you guys need a press in that shop and wait for it we have a new iTunes review. So John W. Smash at me out of vineyards. We know John says laughing, learning, laughing plenty, learning more than you might think. That was the title there. He said, I've had the pleasure of racing, slightly wrenching and partying with the hosts of E1R. And you guys are some of the best. What you're putting out with this podcast is completely in the spirit of the low budget and ridiculous racing the country over that we love. The oddball updates are great, and I've even learned a bunch. Some items I can take into racing and work on my own hoopties. Uh, looking to field a convertible conversion E46 somewhere up north soon. See you guys out there. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. That's awesome. You know, you know who always gets five stars on her iTunes reviews? <laughs> if she had a podcast. <laughs> she doesn't need one. She still oh. has all five stars on her iTunes reviews. <laughs> oh, cool. Chrissy's mom. Oh, yes, she does. Cool. Cool. Okay. Main topic time. Someone click on the link. Click on the link. I embedded right. something into it. And a new thing in the link? Oh, right there. Where's his main topic? I, I can't. I have to read. Just it's, do it. it. I can't. I can't. I can't. That's what I say. No, I'm saying I have to read the intro. I don't have well, time then just to go- do it. <laughs> okay, I, right. it's, it went it's... to an ad. Okay, here we go. Listen, here's the deal. Two weeks ago, two, count them two weeks ago, I was watching the onboard footage from a Blue Bayou race you, Racing who was streaming their AER at Road Atlanta. They ended up winning the race, I believe. They ran first on Saturday, second on Sunday. I can't remember. Um, but I was really surprised by how fast they looked and there was to me it didn't look like endurance racing it looked like sprint racing they were taking chances and going i think as hard as they could and it was great i was enjoying it and they were passing fully prepped e46s were falling like stones they have a mighty boss mustang 302r i saw spins i saw four offs uh it was unchallenged 
The yellow laps were like 80% speed. No, it wasn't the home slice. It was everybody. I was watching like class one. Chrissy, you ready for this? Cla- or, yeah, class one, which is their fastest class. Looked like an IMSA grid. There were two 991 GT3s. There were two Mustang 302s. There was a 2019 BMW M4 GT4, whatever the hell that is. These are there way were, too many letters and numbers. There was E46s, E90 M3s, and one dude in a BRZ. Holy hell, how did he keep up? Class 4 was also filled with 911s and MBMWs. There were two LMS Audi RS3s. Big Red was in Class Two, I was amazed at this field. Go ahead, Metal. And at the end of that race, there was one less BMW GT4 and well, I, one less Audi. <laughs> I'm aware of that. We discussed that at last yes. race. Uh, but I was just, I, I was amazed at the machinery. I was, and and I don't mean this to be like a shot at AER, but it was a totally different race than when I last remembered racing with them, which was a couple of the years ago. And it just, it just brought back into my head is this speed creep are the, the speed differentials you know one of the original selling points of aer was there's too many slow cars at lemons and they're getting in the way and that damn miata is not fast enough and but now people are out there being passed by lamborghinis so like sup i guess is what i'm trying to say here you know um yeah i don't know opening Opening thoughts around the table. I guess that's my intro. The question is not the question, but what's up with AER? Is speed creep real? Are all of these is speed creep everywhere? I don't know. Chris, help me out. This has definitely been a topic of discussion among racers and other series too. Um, and you know, we'll look at some data from from all around the horn here to see some things. Oh, but uh, we're going to look at some data. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. It's just, it's amazing that, you know, we're all still, we're, this conversation really is coming about uh, for all the series at kind of the same time. Um, and part of it might be just because this has been a thing for as long as it has. And people are just getting faster and, or, you know, then getting faster cars and just people like to go fast sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so should I, should I do my data now? Yeah. Or does somebody want to jump in? All right, so I checked this out. Uh, I went to Blue... Uh, by the way, AER still the leaders of data. There is so much data available for AER races. If you love data, go to AER. Um, but I pulled the three drivers who drove the winning car, that uh, 302R, and I'll just real quick go down... Fastest lap 132, average green lap 130, or sorry, fastest lap 130, average green lap 132 for driver A, 132 and 135 for driver B, 134, 138 for driver C. So that is the fastest car, not the fastest, the winning car in the fastest class. The slowest class, which was also, which was an MX-5, um, I should probably shout them out. I forgot to write down their car, their car, their team name. Sorry, uh, but it was Scott Lovett, Gino Manley, and Rick Stengard, and it was a 2007 MX-5 in the slowest class. Their numbers were fastest lap 150, 
average 159, fastest lap 145, average 150, fastest lap 147, average. These are all average green laps, by the way. So if there was yellow, they weren't listed 151. So that's a pretty big speed differential between the fastest class one and the fastest class five. It's about 15 seconds for both of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Consistently. Consistently. Hmm. Uh, just to show where an average lemons field would fall in that, I pulled the top fastest lap. We don't have average lap. I'm sorry. Um, fastest lap when lemons was at Road Atlanta, the dry one in 2019. Save the Tatas 145. Ginger Race Team 146. Two Broke to Care 149. Surreal Time 152. Hong Nor Bitch 145. And the fastest lap of the entire race was a 142. Saying that the pointy end of the Lemons Field would be Class 4 or Class 5, depending on how well they drove. So this doesn't really surprise me listing the cars that you listed off before so we're talking about speed differential and the different different race series but like we don't have gt3 cup cars and like even our bmws are not that fast they're not those bmws we don't have i don't think no e90 um like you know our no, but we just, I feel like we're, this is almost, it's not comparing apples to apples, or we have different apples here. No, no, I'm just, I know we have a predominant uh, Lemons audience. Sure, sure. We may have never been to an AER race. Agreed. So I'm trying to basically say if the, if the pointy end of the field at a Lemons race, and don't forget that Lemons Road Atlanta race, that's the championship race. Mm-hmm. So you expect, I mean, Save the Tatas is a predominant winner. Yeah. Wherever they go. Right. And they are in the slowest or second slowest class at AER. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just trying to prove that AER is a hell of a lot faster than Lemons. Yeah. 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 Well, you'd imagine a 911 or a GT3 or a, a Boss 302R is going to be slightly faster than an 86 <laughs> Camaro with a 5.3 liter truck engine in it. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But interesting. Thanks for pulling this data. Uh, it's it's this is what's fun about this topic is because we keep saying, well, we keep feeling like they're faster. You're like, oh, well, they must be faster. But having data like this be able to be able to kind of where we don't have apples to apples to, for the car that's in one series that races in the other series and says, well, they came in third at Lemons and then they went to AER. Like we don't have many of them. I don't think uh, we might have some scattered. Like, Jersey, we have. Yeah. But 15 seconds is an eternity on a racetrack. Like, absolute eternity. I think and, and that's the, not fastest car to slowest car. That's class to class. Winner, class right. winner to class winner. Like, our, when we used to race the boat, it was a boat on a pickup truck. It was not 15 seconds slower than our Honda is now, for example. On any track we had it on, I don't think. Yeah. So, just it's it's interesting to think how much that is, and uh, I mean the especially in a track like Red Atlanta with the j- massive straight, their straightaway speeds have to be one fifty, one sixty. I, I the, was the Miatas are probably doing one twenty. 
Yeah, I, I was amazed at how fast Blue Bayou was going around the track. Yeah. And and they were they were passing just about everything, but I wouldn't say that they were they, they didn't walk away with the race. I mean they came in second. You know, without yeah. incident. So I'm sure they're using quite a lot of fuel going at yeah. that speed. So that's well, but like, you have to stop like, in eight AER, so it doesn't matter. Sure. Well, even still, even you might still have be using so much fuel, you have to make an extra stop beyond what is normal, and like that's what you know Bill Strong was saying is their way to try to equalize things is by fuel is limiting the tank size and limiting the the stint length, kind of slows people down and makes it so the power is not much, as much of an advantage. That's their mm-hmm. you know, their way of doing things. It all it's all different for everybody. So. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I'll leave. The, I'll throw the question out there, and I'll let everybody go. Is speed creep real? Do we care about variance of speed? Is this thing that we're doing safe? I, I know we talked to other series directors, veterans, team owners, so we're going to be quoting a lot of other people in this podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, have at it. Who wants to go first? Who talks so, to somebody? Uh, well, I didn't talk to them, but I'm pretty sure it was Mitchell <laughs> who reached out to everybody. Oh gosh, He's uh, back. He's back. Sort of. I, it was that was some echo. Um, but uh, so I just we have a couple quotes here, and and some of them are paraphrased. So um, Dan Sykes, who is a uh, volunteer and has worked at through a couple different aspects of AER, uh, including the tower, has uh, has said involved with. Oh, I'm sorry. He was involved with racing for about 12 years, raced in all of the series. So, but he said he's not concerned about speed creep, racing safer in most every regard than it was 20, let alone 50 years ago. I think about the huge P difference we see in some pro and now this form of racing, while there are risks for uh, risk of problems, overall we see safe, responsible driving. So I think he sees all race cars as similar enough uh, in their series in AER without the air quotes performance art, which is what he said. Um, and then the predictable, predictable driving is key along with good safety gear, which he t- talked all about the uh, safety gear that they require, which is similar to what we have. So uh, he doesn't he doesn't think that AER has speed creep or it's not too much of a problem in their series. And uh, we should mention that Dan Sykes was uh, at that. He is the, the the owner of Big Red that I mentioned was in class two at that Atlanta race. Mm-hmm. Which and is you a talk fast about car. cars that have got heritage. Big Red has been around forever. Yeah. So on the same subject, there's an excellent thread buried in the Lemons forums. It was after New Hampshire where um, some people actually did look into speed creep and also speed delta. So really some people with, with their good with data and who have some time in their hands dug into this and, and put together a whole series of great graphs. And we're going to have that in our show notes, the so link to the, the, the post on the forum. So they were comparing New Hampshire Motorsports Park from 2015 and 2019 because we've run there over the same same period with the same track. Also, New Jersey Motorsports on Thunderbolt from 2014 to 2018. Um, so, and that's really because those are the years we've gone on that track um, before then and after it was on Lightning. So, looking at all this this data, it, there's an incredible amount here. So I'll try to summarize a little bit for you for what I saw. So first, let's look at fast lap times for the whole field. Now, fast lap times themselves aren't a really super clear indicator of speed because it could be skewed by a clean lap or a hand grenade car, um, but it's the best we can have. So, and really, everyone's in the same boat. I, I like that. Tell, tell people what, what, what a, is hand a hand grenade, hand grenade? car is. I, I actually don't know what that means. I love oh, it's, that. It's a car that's that's 
um, so modified, it's on the ragged edge, and you know it's going to blow up. So, <laughs> like, at New Hampshire, that that golf with the turbo the size of your head that Lumino's friend always brings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it sets the fast lap, but then it always blows up by Saturday afternoon, and I, they're okay my, with that. Like, that's how they roll. My favorite hand grenade car of all time was the turbo taxi. Yeah, exactly. It's You know it's going to blow up. But it's kind of fun watching it until it does. <laughs> so love that. Yeah. So the the data from New Hampshire showed that overall things are moving faster by about a second or two in general. So the fastest cars have gotten their second or two faster or so. But the bigger trend is that the graph, when you look at the curve of it, as a bell curve as it is, has a much shorter and thinner tail than it ever used to. So, like, lap times of over 102 seconds have really fallen off. So you're losing a lot of the slower cars. They're just getting faster. Um, the lack of a Rolls-Royce or Citroën lately have definitely helped that. There's no you know, really, truly, <laughs> epically slow cars. Um, but it's, you know, there's still the meatiest part of the bell curve is actually getting meatier and shifting slightly to the left, which is the slightly faster. It's not hugely faster. It's really, it's a second or two. Um, but the, the cars are getting a little faster at the pointy end, but a lot faster at the tail end. Jeff. I, I just really want to quick say that that makes sense because some of the slowest things out there are no longer dogs. Like we talked about like the Saab 99 last week. We talked about even like Grover, like, I remember like passing Grover at New Jersey last year going, holy cow, who put a rocket in this thing? Like this thing is really moving. So yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm down. I love this. Keep going. So, so the New Jersey results tell a pretty similar story. <clears throat> the highest frequency of fast laps is more or less the same. Like the, the, the number of cars with their fast lap at a certain time is about the same, but the curve is a little meatier toward the faster side, but it's not really getting, the fastest aren't really getting much faster. It's just getting a little meatier as to who's there. Um, Mean lap times overall, about the same for the whole field, but class A taken independently is about one second faster than it used to be. So again, further supports the theory. The, The fastest cars are getting very slightly faster, but as a whole, not that much. Uh, the class population has also changed significantly over year, the years. C-class, holding steady, doing its thing. It's God's chosen class. We all love it. B-class used to be not much more heavily populated than C. But now B is actually the largest class in the field. It started to eclipse A in New Jersey, at least, for 2017. Chrissy? I am... Con- I am interested to think that c is did you say it's the same it's pretty similar yeah the number of cars in c are pretty similar because i feel like and i keep trying to think of when we uh, for which year has had which slow c car but we used to run you know there's been races uh new hampshire or or jersey for that matter couple of years ago, you know, we had a slow, we had a Rolls and then there was a uh, slow, then Speedy had a slow car and like there was more, I think, C cars, performance art, which to take Dan Sykes' word, um, it, I feel like there were more of them now, then, than there are slow cars now. Yeah, in the Northeast, I would definitely agree with you. We haven't had a lot of really good 
hat cards. IOE and, contenders. Yeah, right. It's just yeah, big, built really for totally IOE. tragic. We've had Fuegos. Well, we've had some like the Sunbeam Rapier and the, uh, you know, Andretti Hudson, right? Yeah. Things yeah. like that yeah. Are, are the Northeast cars we have like that now, as opposed are to they, a boat and a Rolls Royce and a camper. Slow? Are they as slow? I guess they're they pretty are. Slow. I mean, when I see them multi- like many, many, many times in the course of my stint, that, yeah. you know, that's, <laughs> that's okay. All right. I that's guess. It's yeah, maybe it's yeah. we're you, not in that scene anymore. So you well, guys were using phrases like tragic, and I don't think the Andretti Hudson was tragic. It was not A class fast, but it was uh, respectable. It, it and it's that same race too, the fish bowl. Yeah. Metal, you didn't see the the Andretti Hudson when it first came out. It was tragic. It was <laughs> so bad. Yeah. It's, it's fair, gotten much fair. better. They, it's they gotten figured better. it out. The Nash yeah. that that yeah. Steph rolled. The the just swamp cars that used to come out of NSF um, NSF yeah. really Sp- aren't Sputnik. seeing a lot of huge American boats. I mean, the Galaxy is dead, which yeah. was a like a stalwart, you know. So here's some more stuff. Go ahead. When uh, when looking at, let's see, uh, if we're talking about class population. So yeah, B has gotten to be its largest class, which is interesting. But here's the impact of that. The mean lap time data is, is showing A is getting faster. But if A is growing as smaller as a class, it is it is smaller than ever used to be. B is getting bigger. That means the only cars left in A are the really, truly fast cars. A lot of the borderline ones, I think, are getting put in B. That's leaving A to be just the, you know, that's a Just a fight. really pointy end. Right, exactly. So that might be changing A's average speed. Now, when you look at the speed differential from A to C, trying to see the, the, the average A car to the average C car, it's actually only rising slightly with lap times, which is supported you know, A being more sparsely populated by the fastest cars. So the lap team time difference between A and C was 9 seconds in 2014, 12 seconds in 15 and 11 seconds in both 16 and 18. We're ignoring a very wet 2017, which had some, you know, skewed averages there. So you yeah, that was like realistic. the Titanic. It was like so bad. Jack was dancing on the table. Oh, yeah. We were drawing <laughs> French girls. Yeah. You couldn't go through that when, ditch when did, in the back I, I missed next that to one. another car. <laughs> if, you, yeah, if you went to the ditch in the back next to another car, you would get a wave in your window. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. yeah ignore 2017. Good, good thought. Good right. thought. So realistically, it's it's not getting much different in, in 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 speed differential based on lap times. If you look at average speed, the difference has actually fallen as the as the slow cars have gotten faster or they've retired. So the average speed difference of the you know, miles per hour here is going down. So realistically, anecdotally, I I what I've seen in the car I think lines up with all the data. The twenty fastest mm-hmm. cars are more closely bunched and a little faster than they used to be. You know, we can think about the, the teams we, you know, off the top of our head, who's in that group. It's, um, it's Amanda. It's Amanda, sorry for party. Us. It's us. It's us. It's us. Um, it's, uh, um, used to be on Suncock, whatever we call them. Right. Exactly. Yep. They right. Exactly. Um, uh, Scooby doobies, uh, one tire fire, one tire fire. And right? the, um, the, the so Integra nice. that constantly changes their team name. 
Yep. Exactly. So like those are the oh, kind of racing, cars that are, or... that are always in the pointy twenty top twenty there, as especially as far as speed goes. So, um, but everyone else is getting faster, and I think a lot of it is how many years have had these teams been running? Like all those teams we just named, everyone's been yeah. running for several years, if not all, like ten years practically at this point. The they're getting better as drivers. Their cars are getting more and more sorted or replaced and then getting more and more sorted when they get replaced. I mean, just look at our team's talent through the years. Look at everyone on our team as a driver. There Are you a better driver now than you were in 2014? Oh, hell, hell yeah. Hell yeah, you are. And, right. a, and a better looking, which I didn't think was possible, but obviously it is. Wait, who? Where's where's mental tells a lie? Where's that on the bingo card? Yeah, like, see that. Is that Jeff is bald? I, Can I check? I, that I, just, I just want to know why we're just staring at mental ceiling fan. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh, good. Right, now it's the coffee table. Car- you could turn your video off, <laughs> can't you? I mean, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, could- sorry. I because I'm looking at the video on the computer. And it's me, but you know, oh, nobody, it. nobody in podcast like can hear this. Keep going. I'm no. fine. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> so, so let me throw something in here too. Can Chris. I? Okay. okay. I just want to finish off. Eric Rude agrees with me. This is this is the All end right. of my thing here. Eric said on that same post in Lemons Forum, he said it turns out when you give people five to thirty races with two plus hours of seat time, they iron out the reliability wrinkles and learn how to drive more quickly and more consistently. <laughs> It's really a natural progression in any kind of competition, and the quality in the meat of the seat is the biggest thing to have changed. So I think that sums so up true. all the data that we just saw and, and my anecdotal experience with this, too. And that's over really, what our first races in, what, 2009, 2010? And Man. I think I'm at like 55 races what? or something stupid at this point. So, yeah. Wow. That's a lot. This, this, it is. this post uh, was great. The amount of data that was in there was wonderful. Uh, it was awesome. The, the data is so out there. So let me say that uh, I quickly poked into the data of AER and pulled up some of these same cars from 2017. And there was only a two or three second difference in the averages and the fastests from 2017 to 2019. A second or two here, a second or two is here, and a same, second or two Same here. tracks. Same tra- yeah, same tracks, which was same cars. Same cars. Um, and, and I will say that the um, the driver, Nelson Ken K, no idea how to say it. Nelson Kanash, no idea how to say it. It's like Comanche. Uh, he might have had some NASCAR and IMSA in his background. So him driving like a total you know not being shiny shiny happy person i don't know i don't want to say shiny happy person him driving for several hours like other people will drive a sprint race is not surprising don't we notice the same thing when randy the seat stealer gets in our car we do then he he doesn't get in our cars but yeah huh never all right okay so we have some some more quotes from people Okay. What I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because we sent this topic out to all of the series, and John Kalisa from AER actually called me when he was driving back from Atlanta, wow. and it's a concern of all of them, not in the sense of 
they think it's happening, but how do we make sure that we keep our series fun and enjoyable, that we're making our base market happy with what we're doing? And he came up with the same data you did. The drivers are better. The cars are a little better. The cars are a little bit more reliable. They're learning to drive. It's an insurance consideration, but a lot of these series directors are really happy with 180 treadwear tires. How fast are you going to be able to go on street tires? Which is sketchy because I've seen street tire, finger quote street tires, 181 street tires that could run with slicks of just a few years ago. The oh, technology's yeah. We, we have talked about the tires for a while. Yeah. And it, it, once, yeah. Especially once, once SCCA accepted 200 treadwear as their benchmark for all the street tire classes, that's when the arms race really started. Before then, it had just kind of been yeah. lemons and that jump did it too. You know, but especially now, and then now that they've said it as 180 or as 200, the 180 and 190 treadwear tires are suddenly gone. So <laughs> now it's, it's just the 200. <laughs> yes. we, we should mention yeah. that the UTG wear rate, what UTG? Did I say that right? UTQG? Something the hell like is that. it called? Yeah, the wear quality rating. gradient rating. Yeah. Yeah. That is a completely non-testing. That is a manufacturing rating. They are standard, deciding on yeah. it. Standard. There is no standard from brand to brand or tire to tire. There is no engineering test. It's calling out all the engineers out there. Why don't somebody come up with this? We like have they a, have we, it for traction and temperature. You're, you're solving a problem that doesn't need to be solved. Well, they have it for traction and temperature, and it does it does work there. Like they. There, you see those on the side of the tire, you know, traction A, temperature B, or things like that. They do that by putting the tires on a specially designed trailer, loading them up, testing temperatures and things like that based for the you know, for how much weight is on them. For traction, it's basically they they gradually apply braking to the tire in the wet and see how much braking force it can handle before it locks up. That's the the traction rating that goes up to AA. So that is a actual tested measure. There, it'd be nice if the treadwear were a little closer. Yeah, so someone from the international engineering blah blah blahs come up with this test and force all the tire manufacturers to do it. So, uh, could, but even I, more so, I'm running. I ran the 25 hours of Thunderhill last year. I'm running an enduro in two weeks with the same team. They've got an entire background based on vintage racing, and they run slicks. But the first time they'd ever ran a 180 tread wire was when we ran all those hand cooks that we used as the rain tires at Thunderhill. Guess what they run on now exclusively on that E46? Not a surprise. Hand cooks, 200 yeah. tread wire. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I know you talked, I think you talked to Kathy also, mental. Is you okay if I read her quote? Oh, no, go I, for it because we're hoping to have her back on the show. So, uh, Kathy McCosfuss, the CEO uh, and top dog of Lucky Dog Racer. And by the way, one of the coolest people that you will meet running a race. Yes, I'm talking to you, Jay, if you're listening. She gives us free stuff and tacos. (laughs) Jay Lamb has never given me a taco ever. Anyway, uh, it's still we, your we, jazzy, though. We do have a a potluck, which is a lot of people yeah, giving you free food. We bring the food. Okay, fine. All right. So anyway, <laughs> open up the wallet, Jay. Buy me a taco. Kalisa, Kalisa will actually pay. They they Absolutely. they have a dinner as well. So anyway, so uh, Kathy said, uh, "Quote: If there is one, uh, sorry, not quote. 
the journalist in me will say, this is not a quote. No, that's but, a direct quote. Well, but where I'm editing. Uh, if there's one thing that keeps <laughs> me up at night with this series, now in its sixth season, is speed creep. How it impacts safety and the landscape of the business. Uh, it wants a place that everyone wants a place where everyone is invited to race even get started in racing uh and but they don't allow more than 30 mile per hour but so they don't i'm sorry sorry lucky I dog it. yeah lucky dog does not allow a 30 mile per hour difference between the slow and the fast cars so they will kick out fast cars that are outside the spirit or bring in a rolling chicane and kick them out even if they're noobs in a faster car. So they are constantly monitoring the, the pack out there and basically chopping off each end of the field, which I think is an interesting, they, they discourage both the extremely fast and the extremely slow. And, uh, we saw that in action. I, I should mention that, um, the, the, uh, uh, well adjusted Mike, was out there in his original mini and he was running the freaking wheels off that thing and really keeping up with a lot better traffic, a lot better machinery. I should say not better traffic mental. You got something? See, you mentioned the monitoring and that's an interesting aspect that Chrissy's going to talk about here in a second. But John also talked about, they are aggressively, policing aggressive behavior in their race series. So they try to, they, they actually have a database of teams that are getting into trouble and folks that are really not in the spirit of the comp- competitive rules. So you're seeing that across the board is each of the series people is they don't want jerks running their series. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're all taking a different, hack at it uh you know lemons Mm -hmm. basically i think wants to limit the machinery to crap i think aer wants to make sure that everyone has a better driving resume before they start i'd say lemons is more about making sure your attitude is right and part of that is if you understand that you're not looking for an imsa ride that you have a sense of humor. You don't need a the GT three Oh two R you can have as much fun in a, uh, you know, in an 86 Mustang or, you know, if you want, or a Honda way. civic with a giraffe. giraffe head. On it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah I, I guess they use the costumes and the jokes to keep out the serious people. Yeah. Or sure. the, the people that are show they're overly serious. They just park them for a while and let them stew. And that usually works too. Once, yeah. you know, once they yep. do something real racy because they had the line. Yeah. Chrissy. Uh, the other thing that, that I think prevents um, or keeps the lemons field the way it is is because we don't keep the date. They don't keep track of the driver. So all these other series have some kind of way. I mean, I don't know that Lucky Dog does. But anyway, most of them pl- keep track of the driver themselves. And a lot of them keep, as I, I'll segue into the uh, gentleman from WRL, uh, they keep track of, and so does uh, AER. They're keeping track of your name, and they're figuring out how long you've been there. And they're, and then there's all of the other ones, or just about half of them, make you have some kind of license and or experience. So they're not just saying, well, your car is funky and your performance art or you have Godzilla ahead on, but they're keeping track of, 
okay, well, Chris on this team was an ass, then we're going to kick him out rather than the whole team. Hmm. I mm-hmm. think that's one of the differences. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, uh, as I was saying, I've, I've seen uh, drivers get their wristbands cut in lemons sure. for doing stupid things plenty. Um, and I think you know, we've not been involved in those, but I'd imagine some of those teams are, uh, are usually not invited back or when they, when they submit their application, they may not be accepted. So sure. I, I've heard that from, from some lemon staff is that some teams they know to be problems just don't get accepted to the race. Sure. And right. that's, but, but that, is probably based on more of the team rather than the driver. So sure. and and uh, and mental because I'm uh, I heard a little birdie told me that uh, Lucky Dog also does keep track of the drivers. So I think it's easier for other series to actually identify the drivers that are the problems rather than the teams. Mm-hmm. Even though Lemons probably knows well if Chris is on this team, he's the problem. But it's harder to identify that because we don't keep track of the speeds and the issues with the actual dri- driver. It's not as public, I suppose. That might be another thing. Yes, Jeff. Uh, I want to say, and I, I don't know about WRL, so I'm not going to say one way or the other, but Lemons and and uh, Lucky Dog have a, a an ace in the hole of filled races. It's a lot easier to tell someone not to come back when you're filling your race. Yeah. So totally. that's it's, okay. It's, it's, that. Again, I don't know where WRL is in that. We know that champ in the east actually is yeah strong. no wrl fills their yeah. races quite often they have yeah, a yeah. limited field yeah so we know that sometimes when champ in the west or aer is struggling with car counts it's a lot harder and i'm not saying they don't do it because i'm sure they do but it's a lot harder when your race is not full to turn down that money sure Okay, so uh, RJ Tilf, the VP of WRL, which is World Racing League, uh, said that there's a few fit things that they manage their speed di- differential and why they have such a great track record because they like themselves. Uh, drivers <laughs> need a complex to get in. Uh, that that assures them that they have lots of skill. Uh, they track their drivers. Oh, uh, yeah, so they need a complex. They track their drivers, like I was saying, that they uh, make sure that they keep track of all of the assholes forever so they know who... They all are. Uh, they need to do the uh, uh, 180 tread, t- tread wear tires, and uh, cars must be dynoed. Yeah, after it, the race, they, they, they limit, take it's the a horsepower to weight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's ahead so, of time. You have to do it. You have to pre-show up basically with, with a dyno plot after. and some mm-hmm. weight, so that they can properly class you power to weight. And if you don't have that, you don't really get in a class. You can win anything. And Got it. If correct. you and if win, you are lying about it. They get really upset. Uh huh. And they have been known to bring dinos and throw people it's into crazy. other classes. Test them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, real I mean, racing. Yeah. Now we also should mention well, that's, that that's what the people in this series want. Yeah, yeah. Lucky dog, um, lucky dog, WRL, AER, lemons don't have any classing based on the car itself like there's no mathematical formulas well i should say there's no mathematical formulas they class the cars at the race by what the competition is you know you get there and you're decided if you're an a b or c you know champ still has the older school scca model where if you do x and y to your car you change classes so you kind of roll in building to a class so i i don't know if one i'm not saying one's better or the other i'm just saying you know i i kind of like the run what you brung thing 
uh, WRL is kind of in the middle because it's based on power to weight. Champ so you can find still... a place for you if you're outside of the rules. Sure. You're just not going to like, like WRL. You're not going to be competing for an actual trophy. If you would want to race, come race. Yeah. But WRL has a, if you have this much horsepower and you weigh this, this is your class. So you can roll in knowing that you're going to get into that class. AER qualifies and puts people in class like by bullseye target. So does Lucky Dog. They're about yeah. qualifying. Yep. And Lemons is just about mm-hmm. the arbitrary opinion of the judges that day, which is surprisingly works out accurate. Great. <laughs> works Sometimes it doesn't work out, but, you know, yeah. there's no whining, so you get stuck with it. So. Well, it, in AER and Lemons, if you're being a clown and you're sandbagging, they'll reclass you mm-hmm. in the middle of the race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never seen a reclass in Lemons. Now, they always take no. care of themselves eventually for the most well, part. Well, or every once in a while there's a B in top three and you're like, oh, oops, that, yeah. that's, that was oops, a, yeah. kind yeah. of a wrong Too bad. Class. Well, and they'll be an A next time. Auto would blow up. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting thing. I, I, one of the parts of data that I didn't see in the Lemons discussion, and Chris was talking about B class getting bigger and bigger and bigger, is I wonder how often Bs landed in the top 10 five years ago or seven years ago or 10 years ago. Because we know that, I mean, sometimes 20 to 30% of the top 10 are B class cars these I, days. I bet it was pretty rare because B cars were so rare. Like the yeah. the graph I've got of of this shows back in 2014 there were 20 C entries, about 32 B entries, and 70 something A entries. Ah, oh, it's really flipped. For 18, there's 22 or so C. Uh, a is about 50, and B is over 60. Yeah. So the so the scale has slided into whether what goes into B and what goes into A probably yeah. it's it's basically yeah. if it's not on that the pointy end and it's not slow slash tragic slash performance art if it's not either of those it's B yeah cool hmm. so uh, I I know Mental's got like a wrap up thing to do but I want to go around the horn here and say if your favorite. Uh, favorite racing stopped tomorrow. What would you join? Like I'm lemons. And I think I said last week, if Jay stopped immediately, I, I think I would become an AER regular. What about around the table? What does I've, anybody else think? I run them all. They all have their particular flavors and delights. And there's great characters that run each series exclusively or regionally. If you could run only one, like what would all. you run? If you could run only one, oh, what would you run? That's hard. That's kind of what I'm saying. I'll say Lucky Dog on the East Coast. That's what I would say. That's what that. I was going to say too. <laughs> I would exist. Well, but I can't pick. I can't just go to the West Coast every time I want to race. So Lucky that's Dog is going to be my answer. Yeah. Uh, I could say Lucky Dog because it's easy, and WRL does, and AER don't get out here very often. But every time I've been to a champ car race, I've had a great time. Yes, yeah, I've never been be, to one, so I have, can't comment on it very well. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're trying to do Watkins Glen if we can, but it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, Metal, I know you have a, a kind of a, another quote and a wrap-up here, so go to it. We started this topic genuinely concerned because Jeff texted us when he was watching the Mustang. He's like, holy crap, oh, my God, we're all going to die. This is... In doing the research on this, I'm actually... Uh-huh. 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 The children will be killed. These cars are too fast. <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the children? But last week, while we were researching fitness, I talked with a friend of mine, Tyler, and I can't say his last name because apparently I name drop. But he <laughs> runs a pair of those Miatas, and he also campaigns a Porsche GT3. And his approach as a team principal is very aggressive driver and expectation management. And I'm quoting him here. He says, if you're trying to overtake a slower car through the S's, you're going to screw both teams. Just relax and pass when it makes sense. And he's right. He also adds that you need to remember where you are, be predictable, and even in a fast car, back to quoting him, make sure you're checking your mirrors. Oh, I just got and I got to agree on all of that. Oh, I didn't even look at I got my bingo. Card. I just looked at it to check in. I got Randy Popes, the seat stealer. Kathy from Lucky Dog, <laughs> Heidi Chrissy's mom, BMW boring, and someone talks about work too much, about working too much. So there we right. go. Good for you. Bingo. Sorry. Go back so back I'm to your normally you scheduled just mental. Tell everything the story that, that goes Tyler nowhere. said, but everything that we've talked about here, we've all been on the full spectrum from the barely finished the race, also ran to the pointy end. And while we're on the track, there's always that desire to throw down that perfect lap, particularly between me and Chris, because we're I'm always a half a second behind him. <laughs> and or at least you want to be the fastest person on the team. But when I go to stick my nose in one of these situations, I try my darndest to remember what it felt like when I was in a slower car and somebody took my nose off and and I say to myself, Oh, really? Bro, you're acting like a real racer. And I don't want anyone in a slower car to think those things about me. When you're in these cars, any of those cars, the math of this sport across all the series has proven time and time again that the fastest lap doesn't win these races. That's why I love that hand grenade phrase so much. That was awesome. Hand grenade car. You win endurance racing with smart strategies, consistent lap times, smooth driver changes, and short, effective pit stops. Before we started researching this, we were all a little worried about speed and the differentials and the creep, but the data points to a trend much less than I expect across the board. I think the series managers, the safety personnel, and the team owners really got a good handle on it. Recently, the Air Force Chief of David Goldfein. How's that for a name drop, Jeff? Great. He just released a safety video highlighting the mishaps of the Air Force has experienced for the last few years. And it's a uh, mishaps, a fancy word for crash. Can, can I say Each that I've read ahead tribute. and I am so ready to push mental as a story that goes nowhere on this one. Yeah, just do it. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Mishaps, a fancy word for crash. Each event can be attributed to missing one of three critical factors in aviation. Cockpit resource management, risk management and in-flight discipline you can easily translate these into the car don't get target fixated on an aspect of the car particularly the rear view mirror you remember the whole good christian driving club where everybody was always looking at the rearview mirrors were we safer then no. no 
and, and we're all going to beat this drum until we stop racing. If you're in a slower car, your job is to be predictable. Your job is not to get out of their way. Don't do it. Stay on the course. Risk management. Let's say like, I don't know, you're in a convertible Fox body Mustang with too much horsepower, not enough talent. And you've got some sort of delusional water theme that you run, you know, if you and, are and a propensity to blame Latino men for crashing your car. <laughs> exactly. If you're in a fast car, balance the move you're about to make with the possible reward. Oh, I could get around this car. Or you could get around them on the straightaway. I mean, if they don't think you're there or they don't know you're there, you're increasing the chances you're both going to end up with a dented or wadded up car. And it's just not a smart move. Don't stick your nose under, like, I don't know, a Honda Civic in a corner. Just wait till you can make that clear, controlled pass. Tyler also said, if you think a car is going to do something wrong or not see you, assume that's true. Chris and I have both ridden motorcycles, and we know that that's how you stay alive motorcycling. You got to do the same thing when you're racing the faster car. There are a very level of a training experience in this hobby and across the series, but even if you're brand new, you know what's right and you know what's smart. Do that. If you find yourself in a gray area, grab another member of your team. Ask them, hey, what would I? What would you do in this situation? What should I do? And if you're worried that you're going to get ridiculed, ask us. We'll absolutely ridicule you. <laughs> I didn't that, come here to get know, hassled. Well, you, I you know, I, <laughs> I, I I literally scanned over that and I was like, this doesn't make any sense at all. But it totally makes sense now that Mental has said it. That was like, that was like just the tip, <laughs> right? It, yeah, it really was. It was. It was advice sure. to keep you safe on the track. I should have done just safe and fun <laughs> right before it. You know, like I I love it. Just a tip from General whatever his name was. David. Does anybody else have anything for the good of the order? <laughs> I feel like I already did hella sweet by asking what you would run. We already did just the tip. Yeah. Yeah. I will say to tag onto your hella sweet, if you're into this hobby and you enjoy it, you should try and run a different series. And maybe not bring your car if you're not worried it's going to get classed. But all of those series rent seats as well. It's a great idea. Yeah. It's like uh, if y'all you've eaten your entire life is chocolate ice cream, try some vanilla. Yeah, Does that make any sense? No, no, or likes Oreo. That. I'd I'd say Oreo, a little better, but you know, fudge sure. ripple. <laughs> All right, on the spot, favorite ice cream, Chris. <laughs> Mint Oreo. Oreo. Have, did you go? Oh. Yeah, did Mint you go to our wedding? Come on. Chris, <laughs> chocolate peanut butter. Mental? F- I'm not an ice cream guy, but I'm a traditionalist, and I'll take a scoop of chocolate on a cone. I was thought you'd say Corona. But <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a lot more accurate. I, 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 I'm definitely a mid-chocolate chip fan, but I don't know if I have a favorite. I love it all. And you know what else I love? I love all of you who came to this show, and I want to say thank you for downloading us. Aww. We hope you enjoyed this edition of... 
everyone racers we also hope you'll join us in the world of driving racing and building because everyone can be a racer even you if you enjoyed this podcast subscribe it is totally free then go to itunes and give us a five star rating even if you hate us give us five stars and tell us why we guarantee we will read every single rating on itunes chrissy's shaking her head like no no we have so far we have so far absolutely so go to itunes give us a five-star rating tell us why we suck if you have any questions or show ideas drop a comment on our facebook page everyone racers or email us at everyone.racers at gmail.com find us on the instagrams or the twitters or whatever else on everyone.racers thanks again and until next week keep the shiny side up unless it's a nissan ultima then just set it on fire I was going to say, crash it into a pole. I don't know. Set it on fire.